0: This is the In Focus podcast from The Hindu. Hello and welcome to The Hindu's In Focus podcast. This is K. Bharat Kumar. Earlier this week, the telecom regulator announced its recommendations to lower the reserve price for spectrum auctions, meaning that overall spectrum auction reserve prices would be up to 40% lower than recommended earlier. Of this, spectrum for 5G telecom services would be 35% cheaper. The question is, will this benefit the industry? To discuss this topic today, we have with us Professor V. Sridhar, Professor at the Center for IT and Public Policy at the International Institute of Information Technology, Bangalore. He's currently visiting the University of Southern California, the Annenberg School for Communications and Journalism. Thank you, Professor Sridhar, for joining us. You know, we've discussed this before, but given the latest recommendations of the telecom regulator, I wondered if your opinion has changed or you know become qualified with the new conditions in place. What are your views on the latest recommendations that seem to suggest a lower reserve price for spectrum auctions up to 40%, but at least 35% for 5G spectrum prices?
1: Thank you. Thank you, Bharat. So we have discussed about reserve prices, right? So reserve price is the starting Price in the auction that is in the that is set in the first round of the auction. So if the reserve price is not bent, for example, if the bids are not given at the reserve price, then in any of the lots that are available, then the bidder is automatically going out of this particular auction. So that is the starting price. So we have had discussions, the reserve price is one of the main determinants of the winning bid price. And if the reserve prices are set very high, then it is possible that the bidders may not be interested in that particular item at all. Uh, if the reserve price is set very low, then there is a chance that the winning bid price will be lower than the predicted, you know, the value of the spare, that particular uh, lot of spectrum. So, it is very critical to set the reserve price appropriately and that is a challenge for all the regulators. So, we have, you know, we have had very high reserve prices, I mean, or it is even cited, That the high reserve price, especially the 700 megahertz band, was the reason for failure to auction 700 megahertz both in 2016 as well as February of 2021. So, the telecom regulator has looked at the reserve price, especially for 700 megahertz, and it has been reduced by more than 50% from what was present in the February 2021 auction. Now, however, The price per megahertz per population, which is the standard measure of comparing the spectrum prices or the reserve prices of this particular band, 700 megahertz band, is still about dollar one in metros. Right, the price, the reserve price per megahertz per population, which is equal to almost the winning bid price in most countries in the recent auction. So, which means that even though 700 megahertz band reserve prices has been reduced drastically across the board. In the metro areas of Delhi, uh, Calcutta, and Chennai, the reserve price is still high. Now, whether this lowering of the reserve price will get enough bids is a still question mark. It is possible that for category B and C circles, the 700 MHz that provides vast coverage will see bids because the reserve price has been slashed down quite a bit for category B and C circles. So, that is about 700 MHz. So Bharat, you want me to talk about 600 megahertz, which has been recently put out or will be probably put into auction.
0: Okay. So just if I may interrupt you with one question, you know, you feel free to specifically get down to the megahertz specificity. I was just curious because the industry had asked for a 90% cut in the prices, there is a for auctions and earlier you had expressed a view that you know maybe we shouldn't have a reserve price at all because you have revenue sharing much later when you know that is from the side of the government when the services start and so on and so forth but you know by putting in a reserve price you actually drive away people from auctions and that has happened in the past so as far as these recommendations go where would you uh, say the reserve prices should be if at all they should be there
1: Yeah. So, see, ideally, the reserve price should be low because the simultaneous multiple round ascending auction, which is being used in India, is one of the best auction methodologies, which, uh, you know, all around the world. And this auction methodology is supposed to extract the true value of spectrum when the bidders come on board. So, there is no point in having a very high reserve price and dissuading the bidders to participate in the auction. So, hence, the reason for Low reserve prices. So, uh, as I have pointed out to you, even though there is a reduction of 50%, I think in the the reserve price per megahertz per population for the category B and C circles are almost around the global average. But for the metros and category A circles, it is still very, very high. It is equivalent to the winning bid price in the recent 5G auctions. And hence, it is quite high. Now, the question of having zero reserve price. Now, you know that it is, it is a, politi- uh, it's a political economy question. Right? So if we have a very low reserve price, is it possible that the winning bid price will be lower than the valuation that is expected? And I have written recently a paper in telecommunications policy that reserve price is a determinant of the winning bid price. So which means that there is a positive correlation between the winning bid price and the reserve price. So that is the fear of most of the auctioneers. The auctioneers do not want to lose out on the true value of the spectrum. And, you know, if it is price, if the winning bid price is much, much lower, then it is a serious drawback, even though simultaneous multiple crowdfunding auction is expected to extract the true value. So from that point of view, even though I have said zero, <laughs> I mean, it is better, it is preferable that it is very low, right? So given that, I, I will still say that the reserve price for, especially for the 700 megahertz in metros and category A areas are too high for the bidders to take any action during the auction.
0: Okay, so just one more question on the reserve prices itself. There's been a view, Japan and South Korea are model examples of quality telecom services. And there, uh, there is no auction of spectrum, but allocation of spectrum based on discretion. So would you have a view there uh, if that's the path that they've taken and it has worked for them, but may not work for India and similar countries?
1: Yes, yes. So, but this particular method of auction, normally called as beauty-grade auction, has been the norm in, for example, Finland for a long time, in the Nordic countries, right? That's because the Finland's uh, technology policy is to improve the technology of its local uh, company, which is Nokia, right? So, Nokia Networks actually benefited a lot from uh, having a policy such as this, where the award of contract is given to those who have lot of telecom experience especially with nokia and that is one of the reasons why for example nokia was able to experiment a lot of things in finland now the same thing uh, may not be applicable in india in fact we used beauty parade i mean without uh, just uh, giving the spectrum uh, almost free almost free for the qualified telecom service provider uh, in the first very first auction which took place in 1994 however The beauty parade in a democratic country and that too too in a politically divisive environment is subject to litigation, is subject to, you know, non-transparency. The methodology by which it can be given is subject to bias. And therefore, this is not something that I would advocate at all for India, right? So we should use an auction methodology. We should use an appropriate auction methodology which extracts the true value of the spectrum and whatever we are using currently, the simultaneous multiple round ascending auction is the best methodology that can be used.
0: So, let's get to specific uh, bands of spectrum. You talked about the 700, the 600. Why are these important even allied with the auction for 5G? They seem to be a prerequisite. Uh, can you elaborate a bit on
1: yeah. So, basically, we divide the spectrum band into three areas. One is the sub-Gigahertz band, which is 600, 700, 800, and 900. Then there is the mid-band, which is 1800, 2100, 2300, 2500, even though now it has been decided to auction 3.3 Gigahertz as well. Then there is the high frequency band, which is 26 to 28 Gigahertz. Now, the, the 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 use case for all these different bands vary. For example, the lower sub gigahertz band is excellent has excellent propagation characteristics and it is ideal uh, to be deployed in a semi-urban or a rural area whereas the mid band can be deployed in both rural as well as the urban areas and the last one the you know uh, the millimeter wave band what is called as millimeter wave band 26 to 28 gigahertz as is being proposed by TRAI, is very high frequency spectrum can be used in uh, dense urban areas for providing huge bandwidth now, so there are various use cases. So 5G is no, not limited to a certain band. It can work like much like 4G. It can work on across all the bands, but it depends upon the use cases, right? So ideally, in rural and urban areas, the telecom service provider would like to deploy 700 or 600 megats for better coverage. In the dense, very dense urban areas, uh, for example, in the central business district or in uh, certain locations where for example, IT uh, companies are located, it is possible that they will go for the millimeter wave band to provide super high bandwidth at, uh, you know, uh, very focused areas. So the use cases vary and all these bands are important for deploying uh, 5G across the country. So depending upon what where the service provider wants to deploy the network, they can choose the different bands. And it is excellent that the tra has opened up new bands, for example, the 600 megahertz band. And also, which has excellent propagation characteristics, much like 700 megahertz, And also the millimeter wave band, that 26 to 28 gigahertz, which is ideal for spot area, super high bandwidth connectivity. So these are all welcome. And it is an excellent opportunity for us to use these scarce resources for commercial mobile services.
0: So given the state of the telecom services uh, providers in India, we've recently had one you uh, know before the economic packages kicked in recently we've had at least one uh, provider saying you know we're almost done with this there's no more funds that we can infuse but now there's a ray of hope even for such providers so given the recommended or what we call the revised price for spectrum auctions where would you place these three or four service providers we have including bsnl do you think they have the capability to bring in funds do you feel that some Bands of spectrum, which seem very good for certain kinds of services that you talked about just now, may actually go, you know, without bids. Is there such a fear like it happened last time? What are the possibilities you see in front of us?
1: So there are two things. So the first one is, will there be any interest given the prices and will they be in a position to have financial viability for these projects? Now, If you see, there is a renewed interest, right? I mean, surprisingly, from internet companies, such as, for example, Google and Facebook, Meta, on taking stakes in the telecom service providers. Recently, you must have noticed that 1% stake has been taken in Airtel by Google and the same thing in RGO by a Meta. So these companies know the importance of the underlying telecommunications infrastructure for providing their content and services. And therefore, it is expected that there will be a lot more collaboration between telecom service providers, telecom and internet service providers, and the internet companies, right, internet companies of the world, for example, Amazon, or even Meta, or Google, to have interest in, you know, uh, know, funding these particular telecom service providers uh, to acquire the spectrum required for provisioning of 5G services. The second important thing is that 5G is not about just connectivity and providing higher bandwidth. It is about machine-to-machine communication, industrial automation, and so many other things, specific use cases with respect to, for example, providing super connectivity for remote surgery or, for example, connectivity, uninterrupted connectivity for smart cities. So these are all use cases which are coming up and it it is very appropriate that TRIA has also recommended allocating certain amount of spectrum for private captive use. So which means that a large corporation such as Power Grid or, you know, Coal India or NTPC or any other company can actually get the spectrum with appropriate clauses for their own use for setting up the 5G infrastructure within their corporation for captive use. So I think this is a very good move because 5G is not just about getting connectivity and getting people connected. That we have already done with respect to 3G and 4G providing internet access. All those things have been done with. So the new paradigm of 5G is how do we use these networks and internet connectivity for a lot of, you know, services such as, for example, monitoring vehicle movements, self-driving cars to some extent, you know, taking it to the extreme, remote surgery, telemedicine. So these are the use cases that we sh- uh, telecom service providers should be thinking about when they are deploying 5G. And funding will come if they have appropriate partnerships.
0: Okay. You talked about private networks, the likes of NDPC and so on. There was also a view, and I don't know if this has been allowed by TRI, so please do throw some light on this, where is it even possible for venture capitalists, for instance, somebody with deep pockets to bid for Spectrum, you know, win these auctions and then let it out at market rates. Do you think it will help better propagate the availability of Spectrum?
1: So, there are again two viewpoints, right? So, the first one is see, if you take most of the utility companies, for example, railways, right? Railways or uh, Power Grid Corporation of India Limited, or uh, for example, Gas Authority of India Limited, they have what is known as they are come under infrastructure provider category license one, uh, infrastructure provider category one. So, these IP inter- infrastructure providers already resell their telecom services, they are captive network uh, to other. Uh, telecom service providers and internet service providers. So if uh, they are enabled to acquire Spectrum, then they can actually uh, create, uh, using their existing infrastructure, a very good captive network for their use. So these are all potential possibilities and the TRA recommendation allows them to get Spectrum uh, along with their associated license conditions. The second important thing is, can anybody else get the license and hence bid for Spectrum, it is possible because they have to get license because telecom is a licensed regime and therefore they have to get license before acquiring Spectrum. And there are some limitations as to how much Spectrum as a new entrant can get that will come in the details of the auction procedure. But having said that, it is possible that someone else was or not had any prior presence in India then they get spectrum it is possible and we have opened up the possibility of sharing and spectrum trading a long time back was not used until now but it might become viable in the future and also I must tell you that you know there are options such as mo- uh, mobile virtual network operations to exist over the existing network so we have not seen much traction along these lines but It is expected that uh, in the future, there will be more uh, multiple, uh, you know, mobile virtual network operators and the more, you know, sharing and trading can potentially take place uh, across the uh, service providers and uh, spectrum owners.
0: So specifically to do with state-owned enterprises, namely BSNL and MTNL, what is the condition? Because earlier in the earlier spectrum auctions, have they been able to participate meaningfully in terms of availability of funds? Where do you see this going? So, uh, see, BSNL
1: and MTNL, the state-owned enterprises, do not participate in the auction. So, they basically have to pay the winning bid price if they want to acquire a certain amount of spectrum uh, for their operations. So, they have to pay the winning bid price. And that has been a problem with even though we waived this particular payment uh, for of spectrum fees earlier. Now, the state-owned enterprises have to pay the winning bid price if they want some spectrum. And so they have to make a judicious, you know, calculations as to how much of spectrum and what kind of spectrum they have to buy. They definitely, at least BSNL, not MTNL, BSNL definitely has a long-term interest and also because of the nation's priority to cover rural and semi-urban areas with at least 4G and going forward with 5G. And therefore, I expect that uh, BSNL and MTNL would be interested in certain sub-Gigahertz spectrum in order to improve 4G connectivity across the country and also move towards 5G. So, they may not be able to compete vigorously or they may not be interested in buying very high winning bit, uh, you know, uh, spectrum uh, in the urban areas because of their financial conditions, but definitely they uh, should and they will be interested in getting appropriate spectrum in the category B, C service areas which have more semi-urban and rural areas of the country.
0: With regard to timelines, typically how does this play out assuming the recommendations are taken into consideration and approved? When do you think auctions could take place? And from the time of winning these auctions, typically what time does it take to roll out services? You know, where do you see this going at the end of this calendar year or maybe beyond?
1: So I would expect that the auction will take place sometime around September, October of this year, because April, May, June, July, August, so about five to six months for consultations. And then, you know, the Department of Telecommunication has to vacate a certain amount of spectrum. They have to coordinate with Information Ministry of Information Broadcasting and also Department of Space, especially for the 600 megahertz, as well as the 3.3 and 26 gigahertz. So all these coordinations have to take place. So it will take a little bit of time. So yeah, preliminary work has already been done. And therefore, my expectation is that uh, by September, October, the auction should be conducted. And uh, according to the rollout obligations, within one year, you know, a certain amount of rollout of the 5G networks have to take place. So we will assume that probably September, October of next year, 2023, some areas will get 5G connectivity and also the spectrum which has been bought in these auctions will be put into deployment and then it will roll out over a period of time. Now, you know, as we know, 5G is already in place in most of the countries, right, as we speak, especially in the developing countries, uh, in the developed countries. And therefore, the network equipment manufacturers such as Nokia, Ericsson, they all have the technical know how to deploy 5G in no time, right, And, and therefore, We expect that by next year we should see emergence of 5G, uh, especially in the urban
0: areas. So if we just move away for a minute from the actual reserve price and auctions and so on and so forth, it's interesting that in the US, which we would imagine is probably far ahead uh, compared with other countries in the rest of the world in terms of spectrum auctions and availability of services, the uh, federal authorities for aviation has been cloggerheads with the federal authority for communications on on the issue of altimeters, the use of altimeters near airports, where there is some interference with 5G services. So as somebody as an onlooker, I was surprised that you know, didn't they figure this out much earlier? Do you think we have in India any concerns, similar concerns or anything else that might be unexpected?
1: So this is especially in the 3.8 gigahertz to 4.2 gigahertz, which uh, US has auctioned for the mobile uh, 5G communication service providers. So there is a guard band and the altimeter can potentially work uh, given this particular guard band consideration because there is a guard band which has been provided so that there is no interference of the mobile networks with the altimeter but you know federal aviation administration is a little bit apprehensive about this particular guard band because these guard bands can be stretched and it is not like you know for example in the 600 megahertz, you know, in which most, uh, you know, Durudarshan TV and other things are being shown, if it is given for commercial mobile services with the guard band and if the guard band is stretched, then we will see some blurring of the television, you know, the blurring of the channels on the television. But altimeter case is not that. So if there is an overstretch across the guard band, then it can lead to catastrophes. And therefore, the Federal Aviation Administration has been apprehensive about this particular allocation and this is basically the, uh, the, the spectrum use case between Federal Aviation Administration, which controls aviation industry, and the Federal Communication Commission, which advocates for spectrum to be available for the mobile communications industry. And therefore, this particular thing has happened, but there are solutions which are being sought out because this particular band is useful for both, and we have to make the best use of this particular scarce resource, and there are solutions which are being sought after. I mean, the immediate thing was that mobile network operators were not allowed to deploy 5G networks in this particular band near the airports. That was the first uh, reaction from the Federal Communication Commission. But I'm sure that, you know, with advances in technologies, it is possible to separate out these bands so that they can coexist. Now, in India, this problem will not happen because we are uh, basically looking at a different band, 3.3 to 3.6 gigahertz. And uh, therefore, there is a huge uh, difference between where the altimeters are using and where the commercial services will be provided. So in India, I don't think
0: it will be a problem. Okay. Thank you so much, Professor. I know that you do have a hard stop here in a few minutes. I really appreciate your sparing time between your two appointments. Thank you so much for being with us.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Bharat. we will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for In Focus by the Hindu. We'll see you soon.